Welcome to the 15th Club with your hosts, Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers. Ed and Scotty will bring you up to date on all the big news in the world of golf every Saturday from 5 to 6. Hi again, everyone. Time to tee it high, let it fly, and talk Longhorn football. I'm Ed Clements along with Scotty Sayers, and welcome to Sports Saturday. This is the 15th Club on KOBJ Radio as we broadcast live from historic Dirty Martin's Place on Guadalupe, where, Scotty, the fans have gotten out of the heat, and they're loading up dirties right now and watching the Longhorns uh, with uh, air conditioning on. Our show proudly brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance, ABC Bank, the Salt Lake Barbecue, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance Hotel, Maudie's Tex-Mex, the Muni Conservancy, Donald Ross Sportswear, Adele Golf, Zilker Belts, and by Dirty Martin's Place. Ed and Scotty, the Longhorns now, have built up a 37-3 lead at the stadium. We're in the closing seconds of the third quarter. Quinn Ewers, 19 of 30 for 260 yards. He's passed for three touchdowns. He just ran in for one. Uh, real workmanlike in the second half, but it was different in the first half. Longhorns only uh, led Rice by 16 to 3. Scotty, good afternoon. Ed, it kind of reminds me of one of the uh, opening games when Coach Royal used to coach. It was very methodical and just, you know, you knew you were going to win the game, and he would just get in the reps and build the team's confidence a little bit. I mean, we used to play Tulane the first game all the time back when you and I were growing up, and maybe even Texas Tech before they were members of the conference. And we'd win 24-3 to or something. But, of course, today this is looking a little better than that. All of a sudden, it wasn't yeah. in the first half. 16-3 uh, to in the first half, and the Longhorn offense has come to life. The defense has played extraordinarily well all game long. And it's because of the defensive line have really outmuscled the Rice Owls again. We're watching the TV on a running play. Nothing doing as the Longhorns have dominated uh, defensively. But you should expect that from this Texas team uh, because they have big guys up front. They have an excellent defensive back. Defensive back. So it's it's not been good for the Rice Owls to give you an idea. JT Daniels, a quarterback who's making his third start with three different teams. He played for Rice today, played for USC, and played for West Virginia. He's only 8 of 20 for 85 yards. And as a team, the Owls right now, Scotty, 8 yards rushing. 8 yards rushing for these Rice Owls against this Texas Longhorn stingy defense. On the other side of the ball, Quinn Ewers, 19 of 30 for 260 yards. Three touchdowns. Jonathan Brooks, 12 carries for 52 yards. And look who's in the game. Malik Murphy for the Texas Longhorns, the backup quarterback. That is his first ever snap for the Longhorns in the uniform in a real game. So it's interesting to see Malik Murphy in the game. But again, Jonathan Brooks, 12 carries for 52 yards. The guy that really is the player of the game to me offensively, and you talked about him when I walked in. Xavier Worthy, the wide receiver. He looks like he is going to have a spectacular season. He looks healthy, uh, certainly recovered from the hand injury in the Alamo Bowl last year, but I can't wait to see what he and Quinn Ewers produce yeah. this season. Well, Xavier Xavier already has seven, seven catches today for 90 yards. Jordan Whittington, four catches for 47. 
Javian Sanders a couple of catches, and he scored a touchdown as they've really got the ball around to different folks uh, in this game. But again, the Longhorns lead right now 37-3. We've seen the last of Quinn Ewers for the day. Wonder how long Malik Murphy will stay in, and I wonder if Arch Manning's going to get a call in this game. We'll see, but I doubt it. I think Malik may take it to the house in the fourth quarter. Now, there were two good games today, Ed, earlier. TCU and Colorado. My gosh, I never thought that Colorado would beat TCU at Amon Carter Stadium. I never thought that either. Uh, TCU was favored by 21 points. First ever game for Deion Sanders as head coach at Colorado. He brought his son with him uh, from Jackson State and 86 new players. Before the game, Sonny Dykes has said he's never experienced this where he knew nothing that was going to happen with uh, the offense of uh, the offense of Colorado. And uh, it was very prophetic because Sanders' son, Deion Sanders' son, threw for over 500 yards, and it was a real seesaw game. It was, and I thought TCU would, would since they had the ball first and 10 at the Colorado 43, with two minutes to go and had two timeouts, two running plays, Uh. no game. And then third down, a pass behind the receiver. Fourth down, they gained eight yards. They didn't get the ball back. Wow. It was – I didn't like those two running plays that uh, whoever TCU's offensive coordinator. TCU offensive coordinator is now Kendall Bryles, uh, the son of Art Bryles, the former Baylor head coach. So – TCU, everything went their way last year for the most part in the regular season when they had the last second wins over Baylor. They played well against Texas. They defeated Oklahoma State in overtime, but uh, you had to think something was going to change. Of course, they lost to Georgia in the national championship game, but man, oh man, what a start for Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes and just the new way to do things. We're in a day and age. Uh, day and age of transfer portal NIL, but I don't think anybody will look at the odds makers. Odds makers had them at 21 point underdogs, and they turn around and they beat the TCU Horn Frogs. It's going to be a huge wake up call for Sonny Dykes and his football team because it could have been a case, and they had a new quarterback, Chandler Morris, could have been a case of looking ahead or saying, hey, they got 86 new players. We defeated them handily last year. What's going on? Yeah, their offense looked pretty good. TCU's offense looked good. They're going to win seven or eight games at least. Uh, He threw two interceptions. Morris threw two interceptions, one in the red zone. So that was costly for TCU, and uh, their defense didn't look worth it. Oh, my gosh. TCU scored 42 points, Colorado 45. And when you score 42 in a football game, you ought to win that contest. You should win that football game when you score 42. Elsewhere in the Big 12 teams this afternoon is Oklahoma back. Brent Venables enters his second year as head coach of the Sooners. Oklahoma annihilates Arkansas State 73 to nothing. What was the deal on this game? Did Oklahoma score like something on their first 11 possessions? They did, and I think Oklahoma's going to go as far as Dylan Gabriel goes this year. If you remember, he got hurt in the game right before the Texas game. TCU took him out for us. He did, yeah. And uh, if he if he stays healthy, Oklahoma might be back to some extent. I don't think they're going to win the Big 12, but they might be in the championship game. Who knows? It, who, who knows? They, 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 they could be. But Brent Venables 
is under the gun because he had such a miserable season last year in his first season. So I think there's a little pressure, not a little, there's a lot of pressure on Brent Venables. Other scores today. Iowa State over Northern Iowa, 30-9. Iowa State trying to get, a, get, get the hangover over from all the gambling issues from Iowa State. They win easily over Northern Iowa. Cincinnati currently defeating Eastern Kentucky. Yes, I said Cincinnati, new member of the Big 12, 52-10. A little later today, it's going to be Southeast Missouri State versus Kansas State. Texas State at Baylor at 6 o'clock. UT San Antonio at Houston also at 6 o'clock, which should be a very exciting game. It's a really good game. Central Arkansas at Oklahoma State and the Texas Tech Red Raiders uh, play at Wyoming at 6.30. Then late show tonight, Sam Houston State is out in Utah to face Brigham Young University. So good start for some Big 12 teams. Nobody's lost in the Big 12. We've had well, well nobody lost except TCU. TCU's lost. Yeah. Colorado will be a new member of the, the Big 12 next year. But uh, interesting to see around the country, not any major upsets. Purdue lost today, which has the Texas connection with Hudson Card, the former Longhorn quarterback. Fresno State scored late to defeat them. Yeah, they, Fresno State scored on a 22-yard pass with 59 seconds to go. Purdue had been up 11 points at the end of the third quarter in that game. Wow. And uh, Hudson had a pretty good game. But I think Purdue, is it's its not a good year for them. They were in the Big Ten championship game last year, sort of by a fluke. Yeah, they were, and uh, they got beat. But uh, that's a tough loss. I hate that for Hudson Card, the former Longhorn, in his first start for the Purdue Boilermakers. Again, Longhorns lead Rice 37-3 right now. Malik Murphy has replaced Quinn Ewers uh, as Longhorn quarterback in the fourth quarter. Quinn came to life in the second half. Did not particularly have a great first half. Passing, uh, Longhorn offense did not have a good first half. Longhorns on two occasions, Scotty, which was a shocker, fourth and one or fourth and two, and they didn't make it. And that's got to be troubling to Steve Sarkeesian if you can't make a fourth and one or fourth and two. And the first one came about, first series for Texas, when they arrogantly went on a fourth and two from their own 33. I thought it was very arrogant of Steve to do that. Didn't need to do that. They didn't make it. Then in the second quarter, they didn't make a fourth down as well. Well, let's face it. Rice is a terrible team, so why not go for it on fourth down? Although at the beginning of the game, yeah, you that don't do showed that. them a total yeah. disrespect. Yeah, you right don't, off the bat. <laughs> you don't do that to another team. But, hey, uh, it's a different age in college football as we see all the time. And uh, their coaches are doing things that we don't approve of or when wouldn't think they do, but they're doing it uh, doing it now. Again, 37-3, Texas over Rice. We need to take a break. Coming up at 5.30, we're going to visit with our friend Mark Brooks, the former PGA champion and regular contributor to Sports Saturday in the 15th Club, as we talk about uh, the Ryder Cup. Selections earlier this week by Zach Johnson. Some controversy. We'll talk up with that Mark Brooks, but we welcome your phone calls, 512-836-0590. If you'd like to talk about this Longhorn Games, I would better bet there are a lot of people in their cars going home right now from DKR because it is was a very, very hot day. 512-836-0590. We're live at Dirty Martin's Place on the drag on Guadalupe. I'm Ed Clemens along with Scotty Sears, and we'll have more from Dirties when we return to the 15th Club, part of Sports Saturday on KLBJ. Well, I've won and lost against the best. 
This old road's been a hell of a test. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. This is Pal Thompson with ABC Bank. You're listening to the 15th Club with Ed Clements and Scotty Sears on KLBJ. But I tell you this, my friends. Thank you, Pal Thompson, and thank you, John Daly, baby. Hit it hard now from John Daly. Welcome back to the 15th Club, part of Sports Saturday. End Zone Club coming up after 6. I'm Ed Clements along with Scotty Sears. As we're at Dirty Martin's Place, the iconic burger joint on Guadalupe that hopefully is going to be saved. Uh, foolishly, the voters of Austin voted in Project Connect. And foolishly, the planners of Project Connect have the train going right in the middle of Dirty's. And these people are planners uh, who are from Chicago and Cleveland and New York and Washington, D.C., who don't realize that there's a lot of history in Austin, especially at this place that was uh, started in uh, 1926. And you know what else they're doing, Ed? They're sitting at their desk in front of a computer doing the modeling for where Project Connect is going to go. Now, it may make sense uh, if they're on a computer to say, okay, we're going to knock down a few businesses along Guadalupe. But these people, I'm sorry, they don't know the history. No, here. no, 97 they don't. years old. Yeah. 1926. They, they don't have a clue, so hopefully that cooler heads and smarter heads will prevail to keep this iconic hamburger joint. Not only uh, UT students, but people all across Central Texas come to. A lot of UT students are here escaping the heat of DKR Texas Memorial Stadium. Let me tell you, our show proudly brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance and by ABC Bank with assistance from Dirty Martin's Place, Zilker Belts, Adele Golf, Donald Ross Sportswear, the Muni Conservancy, Maudie's Tex-Mex, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance Hotel, and the Salt Lake Barbecue. Longhorns just missed a field goal, so uh, troubling times for the betters. <laughs> yes. Texas leads Rice 37-3. to That's a 34-point lead. Well, the Longhorns are given 35 points, so they need a... I think they're going to get another score. We've seen Malik Murphy on this last drive, Scotty, take the team down, but they were plagued by a couple of personal fouls. So nice to see Malik Murphy in the game uh, from California. Many people were surprised he didn't transfer because this guy has got all the physical tools and the arm to be a Division One quarterback. He's playing behind Quinn Ewers. I think we're going to see... Uh, Arch Manning. I really, really think we're going to see Arch Manning in a little bit. Well, we might. And uh, next week we'll be back here at Dirties as a lead in to the Alabama game. Yeah, yeah. We'll, and, we'll, we'll lead you in 6 o'clock before the, just after 6 o'clock kickoff. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. Let's, let's do a little U turn to golf before we bring on Mark Brooks. The Walker Cup is at St. Andrews, <clears throat> and U.S. is three points behind after day one. Now, the Walker Cup is the best amateurs of uh, Great Britain, and I guess they use the Euros. I, they, I, I th- I th- <clears throat> it may be just Great Britain, Scotland, and Ireland. I don't think they use the Euros. Well, I don't know for sure. Yeah, we'll I, ask Mark Brooks yeah. that. But i got to tell you, it was a absolutely gorgeous day at St. Andrews this morning. It was nice to wake up and watch it on the Golf Channel, which you can do again tomorrow morning and see the best amateurs in the U.S., but the best thing you can do is just watch what it looks like at St. Andrews. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And Mark Brooks, the former PGA champion, will be along in just a little bit to talk a little Ryder Cup, and he'll have his impression of Longhorn football. Again, Texas leads the Rice Owls 37-3, under 12 minutes to play at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium. If you just joined us, 
earlier today, Colorado was a 21-point dog, and they upset Sonny Dykes and TCU 45-42. Deion Sanders' son is a quarterback for Colorado, featuring 86 new players, and the dude threw for over 500 yards. And uh, an amazing performance by by uh, Colorado and Deion Sanders' son. He's declared himself a Heisman candidate. <laughs> he did. No, he did. Did he? Yes. Well, I more power to him. Today. Yeah, more power to the guy for doing that because he is. He really is a Heisman candidate, but a, a crushing loss for Sonny Dykes and, and TCU because, you know, remember TCU was the team that went to uh, the national title game before following, following to Georgia. Now, its name is Shedder Sanders, Deion's son, 38 of 47, 510 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. 510 yards. That's a season for a lot of high school oh, players. It is, it's a, it is a season. And, I, you know, if he wants to declare himself a Heisman Trophy candidate, so be it. Yeah. They, they play Nebraska next week in Colorado. And don't you know, those folks in Denver – and the Buffalo fans are going to be out in mass to see this new team. Well, I tell you what, Nebraska better score more than ten points, or they're going to get left behind. Ooh, they really will. Yeah, Nebraska had a hard luck night, hard luck night against Minnesota uh, earlier this week. Uh, Texas law, J.T. Daniels still in at quarterback for the Rice Owls. Under ten minutes to play, Rice has the ball uh, as they drive from their own forty-two yard line. What well, J.T. J.T. Daniels not only is the first quarterback, Scotty, to play for three different teams. Uh, he's played for Rice. He played for USC and also played uh, for West Virginia. He will be the only player to lose three three games. <laughs> the only player to lose three games. Yeah. So well, I don't care. I mean, they're gonna. The Rice will be lucky to win three games this year, don't you think? I think so. You know, I don't know how it's going to be for their. You know their conference. They're in a new conference, and you wish them, you wish them well. But you know, Rice is one of those teams, and we remember when we were little kids, they used to be relevant. They beat Texas in 1965 here at the stadium. Beat Coach Roll in a big upset in 1965, and they haven't done anything really much. They've been to a few bowl games. Our friend Rob Gillette. One of our sponsors, his son, went to Rice and was a scholarship player. They've had some good years, but never the great years. Who makes the best Rice quarterback in your memory? Tommy Kramer. Tommy Kramer. There you go. Good call. Tommy Kramer was, okay. who played played nicely in the NFL. Okay, we're going to take a break for the news. Coming up after the news, a visit with our friend Mark Brooks to talk golf and to talk Longhorn football. Ben Clements will be on our way. He'll be here at 6 o'clock for the End Zone Club on KLBJ Radio. This is Sports Saturday, live from Dirty Martin's Place. Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers, Garrett back of the studio, punching all the buttons. If you'd like to join us, 512-836-0590. We'll be back on the 15th Club right after this on KLBJ. At the Comeback Bar and Grill, at the Comeback Bar and Grill, I'm a real sweeter and I'm always here at the Comeback Bar and we are at Dirty Martin's Comeback Bar and Grill. Yes, we are. That's is, the great Rusty Weir. That's Rusty Weir, who recorded an album where he was sitting on the bar here at Dirty's back in the 70s. Rusty yeah. was hot as fire for a while uh, singing Texas. He was part of the Outlaw uh, group here in Austin. And, yeah. Uh, 
uh, man, we miss Rusty. Well, he's. I love his. Don't want. Don't you want him? Want to dance? Don't you want to? Don't, don't it make you want, want to dance? dance? Yeah, he was so good. We will play that sometime. And uh, uh, this is our home for the fall, Ed. Sure is. Sure is. Right now at Dirty Martin's place, a lot of people from the stadium have made their way over as we're in the waning minutes minutes of the game, under three minutes to play. Texas leads thirty-seven to three. The only drama. Will the Longhorns cover the spread? And did Rice just score? Or a player just lost his head? One of the two things. <laughs> it, is, it is a touchdown. Uh, and that is uh, Christian McCaffrey's little brother, Luke McCaffrey. So no spread. No. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. That's a tough one to swallow if you're a gambler. It is. Hey, let's, we're talking college football, but it's been a big week, big week in golf. Uh, the selection of the Ryder Cup players. And let's go to our 15th Club Live line and visit with our great friend, former PGA champion, Texas Longhorn, multi-year All-American Mark Brooks. Mark, welcome back. I wish you were dirties because we're about to get some tater tots and some queso and a pitcher of uh, Mexican beer. Well, I'm uh, literally on my couch watching these horns. It is uh, about to be 37 to 10, I believe. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, Christian McCaffrey's little brother, Luke, who cut yeah, that. beautiful, beautiful throw in there. It, it was. Uh, before we talk about golf, your impressions of week one for these Texas Longhorns? I just don't think we wanted to show any, any cards. It took them a little while to get started, but uh, the defense looks good. And, man, that's going to be important in uh, about six and a half days. Uh, I agree. I think the defense has been really been terrific for the Texas Longhorns. This was sort of a, not sort of, it was a trash touchdown by Rice, but that defensive front by the Longhorns and Jalen Ford, another interception. I just like the way that this defense plays, but they're going to have to play much better next week when they travel to Tuscaloosa to meet uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide. I, I like their odds. I still do. I think, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think, but they look good so far. I mean, I hope everybody's healthy after today and they're ready to go. Hey, Mark, uh, this was a big week for Zach Johnson on Tuesday. Uh, I've seen a lot of headlines. It says Zach Johnson did his best, but this looks like one of the weakest Ryder Cup teams ever. Now, I don't agree with that, but I do think he had a hard choice with some of his uh, the six wild card picks. Well, we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks, and uh, I, I was I was sure wrong. I was I, I, I was really shocked he put uh, really Sam Burns not as surprising as y'all mentioned. He won the the Dell match play. He is a a great putter, and uh, you know it's almost a shame that all these articles and all the talking heads are talking about it. You know he's such a good friend with Scotty Scheffler, and that's probably why he got on the team. But um, I. I I guess my other takeaway is just from listening to his press conference uh, honestly once through. I couldn't, I couldn't handle it twice. So once through, it was definitely uh, all, all ears on deck, okay? All ears on deck. So we were trying to make as many people happy as possible, primarily the other team members. And I think that's kind of what happened. Uh, the most controversial thing to me, and we've discussed it for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks is uh, Justin Thomas, who was named to the squad. I have a great respect for his game, Mark, but I don't think he deserved to be on the team. Well, I, I mean, I don't blame you for thinking that. He's had a rough, you know, rough go the last, let's say, 
six months, six or seven months. Uh, in his defense, he did win the PGA. I mean, it's a two-year rolling cycle yeah, as opposed yeah. to the, And he won a really dramatic PGA at Southern Hills when Mito was electrocuted on the 18th tee <laughs> and uh, ended up making double. And then he ended up going into a playoff with, uh, you know, Will Zalatoris, who got hurt right after that. So, um, JT's got a PGA in the last two. I like it. I kind of got I'm, – I'm a little – you know, if I was jaded, it would be the fact that I won a PGA and didn't get to play on the Ryder Cup. Um, you know, prior to, to the Euros, all, you know, taking the entire Euro European nations in, the PGA winner was automatic on the Ryder Cup team, by the way. Yeah, hey, Mark, the one guy that I feel the worst for is definitely Keegan Bradley. Ben Clements has joined us here at the at the Golfers' Roundtable at Dirty's now, and uh, Ben's still shaking his head about JT over Keegan Bradley. Yeah, hey, Mark, real quick, I just want to throw this out there. He missed three of the four cuts in the majors. He had two rounds in the 80s, including an 83 in that stretch. I, you have more experience than I, obviously, but how do you pass up a Keegan Bradley or a Sam Burns that had such a great season over a guy that played... Sam Burns was picked. Excuse me, sorry, not Sam Burns. Um, uh, You're talking about the U.S. uh, Open. uh, U.S. Open champ. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, how do you pass up a Keegan Bradley over Justin Thomas? You played that terrible in the majors. Uh, I would say he probably shouldn't have, to be honest. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh... He's not going to ask to, to, to not be picked. Uh, he actually kind of lobbied lobbied for the pick. Um, but, you know, it, he, he's put the heat on himself, too. You know, uh, hopefully he hasn't turned around here in a month. Usually, you know, great players can rise to the occasion, but he certainly hasn't risen to the occasion in any of these majors. So well, the jury is out, and I agree with you 100%. Bad pick. Keegan Bradley took it the hardest. I mean, you know, he's been asked about it for the last three months every time he finishes around. And, you know, he, he took it pretty tough. But uh, give him credit. He said, I'll be pulling for the team. And, uh, you know, I guess the, the party shot was, he said, I guess I'll, uh, I'm resigned to the fact that I'll have to earn my way on. I'm not going to ever get picked. Well, uh-huh. Exactly, Mark. And I, this week, Keegan Bradley did say that. The only way he can make the Ryder Cup team moving forward is if he makes that, that, that first six. Uh, do you think the Ryder Cup USA has finally been exposed for what they call, quote-unquote, the good old boys club? Justin Thomas is a buddy of, of I, Zach Johnson. I, I, it, it, well, I wouldn't say finally been exposed. There's there's a pretty large contingent that's been streaming this for probably close to 10 years. Mm-hmm. So it all started, you know, with Phil tearing down Tom Watson after they got their butt whipped in Scotland saying what a bad captain he didn't. He wasn't engaged, and they formed the task force. And the task force has got their work to do for them this week, in about three weeks. Mark, that's a that's a great point, and that task force changed everything back in. And I keep going back to '99 when Ben Crenshaw was captain, and uh, I happened to be in the room with him when he had to make the hardest phone calls of his life to. Uh, Fred Couples, Bob Estes, Lee Jansen, Steve Stricker, guys that he left off the team. He only had two picks. Tom Lehman was the easy pick, but Steve Pate is the one where Ben stepped out and took a chance. And my gosh, if Steve hadn't gone 2-1 and one in 99, 
Ben would have been second-guessed to this day. Okay, so real quick, Mark, before you respond to that, what happens if Justin Thomas loses all his matches in Rome? It's bad on Zach Johnson. <laughs> Speaking of Rome, <laughs> it would be bad. I mean, what, is that gonna, are they going to have to make sure that next Ryder Cup, they do not play the favorites? They play, there's a, a standard for how well you play leading up to the Ryder Cup? There should always be a standard, but 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 again, as Mark said, and I agree with this, that to some extent, Justin Thomas played well last year. So I don't. It's just what. Can we talk about the Euros? What do you think, Luke Donald? I believe it's I believe it's Monday when his picks come, Monday or Tuesday. What will the Euros do? And between us guys here, I love the first five of the European team, Mark. Yeah, there's. I think they have a, a really strong, you know opening eight to ten players and we'll just see you know who he adds to fill out the team uh they're strong i mean they're they're strong on paper and you know they're i don't think they're real honestly there's going to be a lot of talk about the, the live guys being left out but you know ian Poulter and sergio are pretty vulnerable right now you know given their state of their golf game so i don't think that team will miss them one bit uh this go around um i i'm gonna i'll, I'll tell you guys i'll go on a limp I, with all the mergers taking place, I'm going to say that it's going to be for the health and the competition, it would be healthy and healthy if for the Ryder Cup to be won by the Euro side this time. Wow. Wow. So, I didn't say I'm pulling for them, but I sure. said I think in the long run, I think it's going to be it would be important for the Euros to win. Otherwise, we're going to start hearing for two years about how they're all buddies. They all play the same stuff together, and it's kind of lost its thing. So, you know, in a let's just say for for the health and the you know quality of the competition, I don't think it hurt a thing if the Euros picked them off. Well, they're going to have a heck of a team because it looks like the first ten, and I'm going to include the four picks that I think are shoe ends will be McElroy, Rahm, Hovland, Hatton, Fleetwood, Fitzpatrick, Straka, Lowry, Rose, McIntyre. Damn, that's a good team. And that's ten really good players. Now, the two that you've talked about, Mark, uh, throughout the year are maybe Maroque or Perez, um, maybe Alex Norn. Maybe Alex Norn. Yeah. Maybe we'll see. Yep. And, Our best know, friend. They they could go out out on a limb, and he could pick uh, the Texas Tech kid, Auburn. Yeah, he it's could. Poss- it's possible. It really is. Yeah. So, but if you if you look at their top six, and you said, how many points do I have to have to win the Ryder Cup? You guys know, fourteen and a half. Yeah. Well, if you look down that first six, go and and they played five five matches each, I think they could get 14 and a half points. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's the way I would break it down. How in the world do we keep that group from not getting, you know, 14 points, 14 and a half points? So yeah. we've got our work cut out. I think it's going to be very competitive, Mark, and I agree with you. The Euros either need to win or come within a point or two uh, for the good of the Ryder Cup to, you know, keep things going. We A U.S. slaughter would be it'd um, be rough on them over in their home country, you know, in Rome. It, it would be, yeah. And no, no, no Romans will be in the field for <laughs> no. the Euros. No Romans. No. no. Hey, Mark, one quick thing. 
uh, Walker Cup. Are you watching from St. Andrews? Uh, are you? I, I actually did watch a little bit this morning, and uh, our boys have uh, played their way into a three-point deficit heading into tomorrow. Yeah. Do the, does the European team have, uh, or is it just is it just British Isles in the Walker Cup? Uh, it looked like British to me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I didn't uh, study it. The golf course looked really green, and uh, it didn't look as fiery as normal, but uh, a lot of good matches, and uh, they, those boys, their boys play good. Of course, as y'all probably know, most of their kids play in the, play college golf in the U.S. So <laughs> That's yes. right. It's kind hey, of Mark, another one of those weird deals. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the visit. Uh, best to the family. We'll talk to you soon. and uh, um, We'll see Mark on September 15th at the Forever Green Tournament. Exactly. SaveMuni.com if you still want to sign up. And it'll be Ed, me, Mark, and maybe Ben Crenshaw. I we'll think so, yeah. Our yeah. ringer team that didn't win last year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks again, Mark. See you soon. You got it, guys. Game's All right, over. Buddy. All right, game's All right. over. That's right. Longhorns win 37 to 10. They don't cover the spread, but the Longhorns win. Uh, when we come back, more on this Longhorn victory as we close out the first hour of Sports Saturday. But don't go away. End Zone Club. Uh, and let me tell you what, as you drive home now, 512-836-0590. Back right after this. Saturday night is the loneliest night in the week. Cause that's the night that my sweetie and I used to dance cheek to cheek. Hi, this is Vernon Lundquist. You're listening to the 15th Club with Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers on KLBJ. Thank you, Vern. That's pretty good right there. Thank you so much, Vern Lundquist. Welcome back to the 15th Club. Part of Sports Saturday on KLBJ. We're broadcasting live from Dirty Martin's Place where Longhorn fans are here after the game. Texas just has finished their game defeating the Rice House 37 to 10 at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium. Longhorns go to 1 and 0 and next up the Alabama Crimson Tide Alabama playing tonight at home against Middle Tennessee State. Our show proudly brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance, ABC Bank, the Salt Lake Barbecue, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance Hotel, Marty's Tex-Mex, the Munich Conservancy, Donald Ross Sportswear, Adele Golf, Silker Belts, and by Dirty Martin's Place. Ed Clements and Scotty Sears joined by Ben Clements. Ben will stick around for the next hour of the End Zone Club. Okay, the Horns have won 37 to 10. Ben, you were there for most of the game. Uh, your takeaways uh, from the Longhorn victory today? Sloppy first half. It was a, a tale of four different quarters. First quarter. It was the, the air raid offense. Second quarter, we saw a lot more running. Third quarter, they polished it up a little bit. Then fourth quarter, they came in with Malik Murphy. Interesting game. They had 35 players play on defense today, guys. That's a lot of, of changing out, a lot of, a lot of guys uh, subbing in. I can't say, honestly, that I am uber confident with Texas heading into Alabama, but they did just enough to have... You know, a little momentum going to ta to uh, Tuscaloosa next week, but Texas definitely will call a spade a spade. They gotta, you know, they gotta tighten up the the, the notches a little bit. Yeah, Steve Sarkeesian wasn't happy towards the end of the game. Malik Murphy uh, was in for a couple of drives, did not lead the team to a touchdown. They played uh, poorly, too many mistakes in the lat in the fourth quarter. Rice scored a very cheap touchdown yeah. late by Luke McCaffrey. But it was a tale of two cities because the first half, the Longhorns did not look good. Only leading 16-3. to 
on two separate occasions in the first half, Ben, and Scotty and I talked about it earlier. They have a fourth and short, and they don't make it. Yeah. Friends, this is the Rice House. This is not Alabama or Michigan. This is Rice, and that's got to be disconcerting to him. Quinn Ewers, I believe, redeemed himself in the second half. He played well in the second half, but is there improvement before Tuscaloosa? you darn right there's a lot of improvement before Tuscaloosa. Real quick, guys, I'm... We can continue talking football next hour. Scotty, I want you to stay with us if you can. I want to ask you one more thing about the Ryder Cup. Because now that Team USA is set, and, we, and you all had Mark Brooks on. He is the, the legend, the, the champion of, yes. the, yeah. of the PGA Championship. Yes, but he is. If you're in Vegas right now, and you're looking at the Ryder Cup, would you feel confident betting on Team USA, even though Team USA will be the favorite in Rome? I wouldn't lay odds. You'd have to lay some money to take USA. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the what the odds are right now. I don't want any part of playing the Europeans with ten good players, and they'll have two two other players like a Yannick Paul or Merrick or somebody that we don't even know about. But I don't want any part of playing them on their home soil no, with no. a good team. Even though there's no Italians playing, I joked about it, no Italians in playing for the Ryder Cup team. But Scotty, you're right with. John Rahm and Rory and Matt Fitzpatrick just scare you to death. Those guys are exceptional. Granted, so is Scotty Scheffler. You know, so so Scotty Scheffler and others. And a follow-up to that is, is that you guys have been around for a long time. Scotty, you were integral to the 99 Ryder Cup. Have you all ever seen a, a year in a Ryder Cup where... It is not the who's who of the Americans and the and the Europeans where there's going to be some guys for the Europeans that most casuals in America have never heard of. Sure. And it is not the the real-time all-star Europeans versus all-star Americans. Now, you, you mentioned Maroc, who may get selected. Maroc is from, from Poland, who played here in Austin at the Dell Technologies match play. You just mentioned a name before I've never heard of, Scotty. I don't know. Yannick Paul. Yannick Pace, pretty high. Up Have you all ever seen head. this, though, where there are some, there are a handful of players that are not universally known in the world of golf? They're, no. they're not. They're, they're uh, you know, European tour guys, and it's they're, they're going to be under the radar. And, and the Americans have some guys that have never played in a Ryder Cup, yeah. like Harmon and Wyndham Clark. And then they've got a and Sam, uh, Sam, Sam Burns, Burns and Cantley. I mean, you know, yeah. you've got guys that have just played one time. Yeah, yeah. some others. So it's not a veteran U.S. team. And also, we, I was going to mention this to, uh, to to Mark, but my memory escaped me. Cam Young. If you're Cam Young, how are you feeling right now? You got to uh, feel. You got to feel upset. Cam Young is not one on tour, but nor neither did Scotty Scheffler. <coughs> the last Ryder Cup cycle. You got to be a little concerned. His game, kind of kind of faded away late, but not as much as Justin Thomas. Well, Cam Young could have pulled himself onto the team by playing a little bit better during the FedEx Cup, Cup playoffs, and he did. Didn't do it. So he had a chance, and, and, he, and he sort of blew it. Keegan Bradley, on the other hand, except for the back nine on Sunday last week, really proved that he was worthy. It is sad hearing a guy like Keegan Bradley, who's been around for a long time, saying... He is he's pretty pragmatic, and he understands at this point the only way to make that team is see if, he, if he's an automatic bid. And, and Lucas Glover, too. Lucas Glover came on so strong, winning two weeks in a row. He'll never be a this – was, this was his time, and maybe he wasn't the guy to pick for the Ryder Cup, but darn it, this used to be a big old exhibition, and you, you recognize people who'd been playing well. I'm sorry they did that to Lucas Glover. we got to take a break. After the break, it's going to be the end zone club. 
as we discuss college football. The Horns have defeated the Rise Owls. We'll discuss that game. What a game in Fort Worth with Colorado. We'll talk about Texas Tech and Wyoming tonight and North Carolina and South Carolina. When we return to Dirty Martins here on KLBJ, don't go away. 